This morning, if you have your, your Bible, turn with me over to Luke chapter 17. We're going to start in verse number 11. So Luke chapter 17, verse number 11. And the word says that it came to pass as he being Jesus, he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there he met 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go Show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And this morning, let's pray and ask for God's blessing over the, the word and, and uh, for his anointing this morning. Father, Lord, I, in myself, I'm not eloquent, I'm not capable. Um, God, I just, I rely and lean wholly and completely upon you and your power and your spirit this morning. God, I pray that you would speak through me that which you would have your people to hear this morning. I pray, God, that your anointing would rest upon me and work through me this morning. And God, open our, our hearts, our ears, our minds to receive what you've prepared for us and what you have for us this morning. And God, I pray that you would anoint that which is spoken here today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. This is one of my, one of my favorite uh, stories from, from all of Scripture. And being Thanksgiving weekend, I thought it was particularly relevant. Um, and, and although thankfulness is certainly a major theme in this little story, um, there are several other really important truths that stood out to me as I, I studied it and read it. So instead of preaching on thankfulness or on Thanksgiving this morning, I, I, I will touch on that. But I kind of want to unpack these verses a little bit and, and go through verse by verse and look at, at some of the truths that God has for us here. And the first one that I want to bring out can be found in verse number 12, that very, uh, the, the second verse that we read right, right at the very top of this passage. Jesus was passing through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a certain village. And I really like the wording here, and I don't think it was coincidence. I, I believe that God put that word certain in there for a reason. It, it was a certain village that Jesus went to. It was a, a specific village. It was a particular place. It tells me that God had a plan. Jesus didn't just enter a village, but rather a certain village. He had an appointment to keep with these 10 lepers. God had a plan, and for that plan to be carried out, Jesus couldn't just go to any old village. He went to a certain village. In John chapter 4, the Bible tells us that Jesus was leaving and heading to, heading to Galilee. And in verse number 4, it said he needed to go through Samaria. 
he had an appointment with the Samaritan woman at the well. And if you'll study uh, John chapter 4, you'll find that Jesus met this woman at the well and he told her that he would give her a drink of living water. I'm sure you're all familiar with the story. Uh, give her a drink of living water so that she would never thirst again. He told the woman things about her life that, that no stranger could possibly know. And she believed that he was the son of God. And she was so amazed that she went into town and she told a bunch of people there about her encounter. And in John chapter 4, verses 39 and 40, uh, 40 tells us that so many people believed this woman's testimony, what this, the story that this woman, she went into town saying, you've got to come check this out. I have met the son of God. There's no way this guy is not of God. You've got to come and see this. You've got to come and he's, he's, he's told me everything I've ever done. This guy knows some dirt on me. You've got to come check it out. So she went and she told all these people in town and the people came out to him and they asked him, please stay with us, stay here, stay with us, abide with us. And the word says that Jesus stayed there for two days teaching and preaching. And because Jesus had an appointment with this Samaritan woman, many Samaritans came to believe in Christ. God had a plan. Jesus had to go to a certain village. This, this about the Samaritans coming to Christ, this is a, a beautiful picture of God's grace, and this is just kind of a footnote. Um, the Samaritans, I don't know how many of you know this, but the Samaritans were despised by the Jews. They were looked down on as half-breeds. They were not respected. They were looked at, they were called dogs. God sent his son not only for the Jewish people, but also for the Samaritans. And that, that, for me, that's hope for you and I this morning. God didn't just send his son for those of us that are, are good people. God didn't just send his son for those of us that show up to church every Sunday morning. God didn't just send his son for those of us that put the biggest checks in the offering. God sent his son for each and every one of us, no matter how the world views us, no matter how much of a dog we may be, God sent his son for us. I love that. But Jesus had to go through a certain village. And this tells me that we have divine appointments. Life is not random. God has a divine schedule for each of us. And when things don't happen in our time, you can ask my, my family. I am one of the most impatient people. And my mom was the first one to laugh at that. That hurts, mom. <laughs> Mama knows best. Mama knows best. But when things don't happen in our time, we, we tend to get frustrated. But we need to just step back and recognize that we're living not on our own time, but on his time. His timing is, is absolutely perfect. And the same way that Jesus had this divine appointment with the ten lepers and with the woman at a well, he's or, ordained certain appointments for you and I. And we need to just trust in him and his timing and allow him to work in and through us and work in our lives. Something else to consider. You didn't just go to a church this morning. You came to a certain church. And that's not to say that there's anything remarkably special about this place. You know, God, God is here, but God's in, you know, 10 other churches in town as well. That's not a brag on Elevation Worship Center, but God has you here this morning for a reason. He had a specific reason for bringing you here today. He's divinely appointed for you to be here and to hear this message, and I believe that there's a reason for it. 
God has certain appointments today with certain people, and there are certain things that God wants you to hear. I believe that God's going to work in our midst this morning. Moving on to verse number 13, it says, They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And every time I read that scripture, I get, I get chills. That is such a powerful statement. When said in sincerity, this simple statement will move the very heart of God. Number one, it, it recognizes who Jesus is and who we are in relation. It says, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God and my master. I submit to your authority. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. I submit to your authority. You are the son of God. Have your way. Number two, it's a statement of faith in God and in God's power. See, leprosy was the AIDS of the Bible. It wasn't a minor medical issue. It was an incurable, life-ruining disease that devastated families and caused its victims to suffer in agony. It was incurable. It was hopeless. But these 10 lepers had the kind of desperate faith that pleases God and moves him into action. Number three, it was a plea for God's help. They were asking the shepherd who leaves the 99 and goes after the one to intervene and rescue them from a hopeless situation. And I'm reminded years ago, my dad preached this really great message about a leper named John Doe. And, and some of you may have, may have heard that, and, and maybe you should preach that next week. <laughs> powerful, powerful message. But he goes through and he paints a picture, you know, because the Bible doesn't lay out, out a lot of detail about this man's life. But he had a family. Imagine if you had a, you know, a wife or a husband, you had children, you had parents and aunts and uncles, and you, you worked in a workplace, and you had friends and those that you were close with, and all of a sudden you had a disease that made it to where you couldn't be with them. You couldn't see them. They didn't have text messaging back then. You couldn't communicate with them. You were cut off. Leprosy is a picture of sin's effect on man. We can't fix it on our own. We can never wash up enough to get rid of it. We can't change it. It wrecks our life and causes separation and it causes isolation. We were created to be communal beings. We were made to live in fellowship with one another and with God. God created Adam and said it's not good for man to be alone, so he created Eve. And then God himself would come down, and the Bible says, in the cool of the evening and walk in the garden with him. They were created to be communal beings, to fellowship, to live life together, connected. But leprosy caused these men to be cut off from their families, cut off from society. They were outcast. And sin does the very, very same thing to us. It cuts us off from God, and it cuts us off from one another. It was a, a communicable disease, and if someone had a white spot, it was to be examined by the priest. And if the priest found it to be leprosy, that person was kicked out of the city. They were, were um, outcast beyond the city gates to live either alone or with other lepers like them. And their, their lives ended in, in misery and agony. Their skin would literally rot and their fingers and their toes would fall off. Their noses would fall off. It was a horrible, ugly, ugly disease. 
And it's amazing to me, the imagery, when you really look into what leprosy did, it's amazing to me that the, the correlation between leprosy and sin. What leprosy does to the outside, sin does to the inside, and it's horrific. But it forced, forced these men to live in isolation, ripped away from their husbands and wives and from their careers and some, from society. It was a death sentence. They were forced to live out the rest of their days in isolation. And anybody that came anywhere near them, they had to shout, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. Sin is the same way. It screams from the very center of our being, don't get too close. I'm a mess. Don't get too close. It'll rub off on you. Sin is the very same way, and its effects are visible to the entire world, and we live with the stench and the, the feeling of shame and guilt every day. But we can cry out to Jesus, Jesus, Master, have mercy, and he'll meet us where we are in the very same way that he met these ten lepers. And when he saw them, verse 14, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. This was a, a legal requirement under the Levitical law. If you were cleansed of leprosy, if there was a miracle in your life somehow and you were cleansed of leprosy, you had to go and show yourself to the priest and he had to examine you before you were allowed back in society. Jesus told them, go and show yourself to the priest. But he didn't lay hands on him and pray for him. You remember how he cured the, the one man of blindness? He spit in the ground and he made mud and rubbed it in his face. He didn't do that. He told him, go, show yourself to the priest. He simply gave a commandment. And all 10 of these men had the faith to believe and obey. This is one of the greatest and yet in my mind, one of the most understated displays of faith in the Bible. They weren't healed immediately. They weren't instantly healed when they called on Jesus. He didn't lay his hands on them. He didn't spit in the dirt and make mud and rub it on them. He simply gave them a commandment, and they began to walk in the commandment of Jesus while they were still suffering from their affliction. While they were still suffering from their their leprosy, they began to walk in the commandment of Jesus. And the word says that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. As they were walking in the commandment of God, they were healed. It's easy to keep walking when everything is going well. When the bills are all paid and the kids are all healthy, and the freezer's full, and you're looking at a promotion at work, and life is going really well. It's easy to keep walking. doesn't take a lot of faith to walk when things are going well. But when the bills are piling up, and you don't know how they're going to get paid, keep walking. When there's an illness in the family, and the doctors aren't sure what it is or how to treat it, just keep walking. When there's nothing but, <laughs> but old beans in the pantry and you're eating the canned goods that you probably should have thrown out months ago, just keep walking. When the, the meat's all freezer burned, and you, there's, you just have to make stew out of it because it's the only way to 
salvage it. We need to clean out our freezer, babe. <laughs> when the job's not going so good and, and you're looking at, at being laid off instead of getting a promotion, just keep walking. Keep walking in the commandment of God because that is where your miracle is going to happen. That's where your faith is going to grow and you're going to learn how to trust him in a deeper way. That's where you're going to get the testimony to share with your neighbor when they're going through something. It's hard to, to, hard to share with people the goodness of God when you've not experienced it yourself. It's hard to share with people how God can come through when it seems like all hope is lost, when you haven't lost all hope. You get the, the, the ability to minister to people where they're at by being where they're at. And when you walk through hard times, just remember that God's building a testimony inside of you that you can share with somebody else and, and direct them and lead them to the cross. That, that's where walking in, in your affliction and, and continuing to keep the faith and just walking, that's where you develop a Christ-like compassion for folks that are hurting and dying and in desperate need of some mercy and somebody to reach out to them. Life is not about the destination. It's not about getting to the priest. It's about the process. It's about the walk. Study the life of David and look at all that he went through between the time when he was anointed to be king and the time that he actually became king. He was anointed to be king in his father's house at the age of 20 by the prophet Samuel, but he didn't become king over all of Israel until the age of 37. Look at Joseph and all that Joseph had to endure. Joseph was 17 when he was first taken to Egypt. God had to put Joseph through some stuff. He had to make him endure some stuff to humble him. Joseph had a bit of a pride problem. And God had to take him through some stuff in order to, to cut away that pride before he could give him, you know, the, the, make him a ruler in Egypt. Joseph was 17 when he was taken to Egypt, and he was 30 when he was finally taken out of prison and put in second in command over all of Egypt. Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh, but he killed an Egyptian taskmaster when he was 40 years old and he fled Egypt and he didn't return until he was 80 when God called him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. It's the process, not the destination that makes us who we are. It's the process. The lepers didn't see the power of God at first, but they chose to have faith in him and walk in his commandment anyways. They chose to have faith and stay faithful to the word of God, to obey and walk in obedience, even though they didn't see the white spots disappear, even though they didn't immediately grow back the fingers and toes that had fallen off. They walked in the commandment of God anyway. And, and even though Jesus told them to do something that was potentially humiliating, what happens if they get to the priest and nothing had changed? I, how, I mean... As if leprosy, you know, having no nose on the end of your face isn't embarrassing enough. Now you go and you go and show yourself to the priest just how disgusting you are. How humiliating, how embarrassing. But they risked it anyways. And they got to the, the priest and they were cleansed. While they were walking in the command of Jesus, their miracle arrived. He responded to their humility, their faith. Their desperate need, and he answered their prayer, and they were cleansed. 
And verse number 15 says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, and he with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. When this one man out of ten recognized what God had done for him, he broke from the pack, he stepped out on his own, and he went back, he went back to Jesus. He went back to Jesus. And he glorified God with a loud voice, and he worshiped and praised him passionately, and he he gave thanks with his whole heart. Don't be, don't be one of the nine. When something goes wrong, we, we, I think it's human nature. We have a tendency to, uh, to really reach out to God in those times. And we, we reach out to God and we call on our friends and we ask for prayer and we, we call the pastor and we post, you know, prayer requests on Facebook and we, you know, find encouraging little scripture memes and, you know, the, the, the Pinterest version of scriptures and post those up on Facebook. And we, you know, we, we just get so immersed in the things of God when everything is going wrong and we're, we're leaning and, and then God answers our prayer. And, and for some of us, just as quickly as he answers our prayers, we go on our way. We don't post the, the little sunrise pictures with the scripture quotes anymore on Facebook. We don't call the pastor to tell him what God has done. We don't call one another and, and brag on what the Lord has, has done on the miracle. We, we, we sleep in a couple times a month on Sunday mornings. And we're not, we're not studying the Bible every day like we need it when we're going through something. We, we get a little casual. The leprosy's been healed. The problem's been taken care of. So we get, we get a little comfortable. Don't be one of the nine. Don't be one of the nine. Each one of us that has received Christ as our Savior is a leper that's been cleansed. We were all stricken with the hopeless disease of sin. But we cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy. And he delivered us and set us free. And we all this morning have reason to give thanks. We all have reason to lift our voices and glorify God. We all have a reason to break from the herds of life, to break from the pack, break from the nine of comfort zones and status quos and go running back to Jesus. That, take the time each and every day to go running back to Jesus, to make a, a concerted effort to hit your knees and go running back to Jesus. Go running back to him. Give him thanks for setting you free. Give him thanks for your family. Give him thanks that there's food in the pantry. Give him thanks that you have a roof over your head. Give him thanks for all that he's done for you. Leave the company of the nine. Leave the distractions and the things that keep you from moving into his presence, leave all of that and go running back to Jesus. And it, it's not necessarily a literal group of individuals. Sometimes it's the companionship of a busy schedule. We walk in with the companionship of these things that, that, that keep us from running back. Maybe it's a busy schedule, We're too busy to pray, too busy to go running back to Jesus. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, the companionship of some habits 
or some addictions that you need to walk away from. Maybe it's the companionship of social networking that dominates your time. Maybe it's the companionship of activities that, that pull focus from who you are in Christ, comparing ourselves to one another. Leave all of that. Leave it all and go running back to Jesus every day. Fall at his feet and with a loud voice, glorify God. Express your gratitude for the miracles that he's done in your life. For those answered prayers, those situations that shouldn't have worked out, but they did. Those, those areas in your life where you've seen the hand of God moving and you know that there's no way it could have been anything but the hand of God. Those blessings that you were given that you didn't, didn't deserve, that grace that gave you salvation. Go running back to Jesus and fall at his feet and thank him for those things. God honors a thankful heart. And for the one that goes running back to Jesus, I love this. He has something a little extra in store. He has something a little special above what the nine received. Verse 19 and he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. See, verse 14, it says that the lepers were cleansed. They had an illness and they were cured. God delivered them from leprosy. They were cleansed. But in verse 19, this one that went running back was made whole. And, and this Greek word here used for the word whole is sozo. And it literally means to save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. And there's two, there's two senses of the word, to physically uh, rescue or restore health to someone who's in danger. Um, in the other sense, and, I, and what I believe Jesus was saying here was, was salvation to deliver from the penalties of judgment, to save and deliver from hell. You'll find the same, uh, the same usage of this word when the, uh, the woman with the issue of blood chased Jesus through a crowd and touched the hem of his garment, and he said, who touched me? And she you know, was afraid that she was in trouble and Jesus told her, your faith has made you whole. See, the nine, they got cleansed. They were healed of leprosy. Who knows what happened to their soul? But this one, by turning around and running back to Jesus and falling at his feet, he was saying, hey, <laughs> you're it, man. You're the son of God. I bow before you. And on that day, not only was his skin cleansed of leprosy, but his heart was purified. Not only was his life delivered from being a, a social outcast and not being able to be with his family, but his soul was delivered from the penalty of his sin. The other nine received healing and they were cleansed, but this one man, by faith, he believed that Christ was the Son of God. By faith, he believed that he would receive a miracle of God. By faith, he walked in the commandment of God. And by faith, 
He received that which he was asking for, and he went running back to Jesus. And when he passionately expressed his gratitude and his thankfulness, when he left the comfort of the crowd and he stepped out on his own, and he went running back to Jesus, he was made whole. His body was cleansed, but his life was also restored, and his soul was eternally secured in that moment. He didn't just receive something physical and temporary. He received a very unique and very special relationship with Jesus. How many of you want that? God, I don't just want, I don't just want what you have in your hand for me. I don't just want stuff. I don't just want healing from physical discomfort or from physical illness. I don't just want money in the bank, food in the pantry. I don't just want the stuff that you can give me, God. I want, I want more of you. I want more of you. And when you have that heart, when you have that heart, God can reach down and do stuff with you that, you would, that would blow your mind. God can reach down and use that heart to lead others to Christ, to lead others into a relationship with Christ. I don't just want what you have in your hand, God. I want, I want your heart. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, it is, it is the weekend after Thanksgiving, and God, we do indeed give you thanks. We give you, we give you thanks not just for the, the time spent with family and the food and the, the, the fellowship and, and not just for the opportunity to gather here this morning, but God, we give you thanks for everything. We give you thanks for your son, for setting us free, from delivering us. Lord, I ask you this morning, as we're gathered here and our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, Father, I ask you to move on our hearts. Show us this morning, God, areas of our lives where we've been just like the nine. And Father, help us to address those things and to change those things. Lord, we give, you, we give you thanks for what you're doing in our lives and for what you're doing in our hearts. This morning, I don't want you to raise your hand and tell me if you've been one of the nine. I don't want you to... I don't want you to... to own anything. I don't want you to own any mistakes. I don't want you to claim any wrongdoing of the past. Instead, this morning, if you commit to being the one, if you commit to run, go running back to Jesus, I want you to just lift your hand and I want you to just keep it up. God, we honor you this morning and Father, we we make, we make a commitment before you now, God, that from this moment forward, we'll go running back to Jesus. 
No longer will we seek your hand, but we'll also seek your heart, God. From this moment forward, God, we commit to being the one. Lord, we commit to being the one. We thank you for the grace that you've given us, for the healing in our hearts, for the things that you've provided for us, God. And Lord, we commit to being the one that goes running back to you. Worthy of all of our praise and all of our adoration. In Jesus' name. Amen.